Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Well, hello. I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammates Leah Kamalova and Kayleen Holden. On today's episode, we're discussing the argument for, quote, the good enough job, including four reasons you should seek out a job that is good enough rather than a dream job that you feel pressured into. And a quick listener note, this is a recycled episode from January 2021, back when our show was called The Females. We're replaying this episode because it was both a listener favorite and because it's full of great lessons we can take with us into 2022. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. So what exactly do we mean by the phrase good enough job? And we're using air quotes for good enough. We're talking about a job that gives you security and allows you to live comfortably, but isn't your entire world or identity. And I know career identity is a big, big topic. And the reason why this kind of came up for us, and I know we've talked about dream jobs a lot on here before, and it's something I dedicated chapters of my book to, but I was reading this interesting article on Refinery29 called The Dream Job is Dead, Long Live the Good Enough Job. And they interview Dr. Aaron Check, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Sociology at the University of Michigan and author of The Passion Principle, How the Search for Self-Expressive and Fulfilling Careers Reproduces Inequality. Honestly, that sounds like a dream job to me. (laughs) And I know we're not talking about dream jobs, but that sounds like such a cool job to be like studying this for for someone like me. And basically she explains in her book and in this uh, article, which we'll link to in the show notes, that there's a sense that if you're not doing work that you find quote unquote fulfilling and it's checking all of your boxes that you're somehow selling yourself short or like you've lost in the game of life. Something about you is wrong. And her work specifically focuses on this thing called the passion principle, which is the idea that the best way for people to make career decisions is to center self-expression and fulfillment. I feel like this is probably music to everyone's ears because 
everyone is probably starting to figure out that, oh, chasing my passion is not equaling, you know, checked boxes in every possible way and fulfillment, you know? So what this means is that if your work aligns with your passion, then your working hours will, quote unquote, fulfill you. And so all of the negative aspects of your jobs from being overworked to being underpaid are somehow going to be worth it. So this is all tied to like what we said, this dream job where I feel like it's popular right now to be like, oh, just don't work at a big company. Just start your own small business and like it's going to be purposeful and fulfilling. And the problem with this dream job is that it doesn't leave room for like criticism about unhealthy work situations. So just because you follow something that's your quote unquote passion, it, it kind of blinds you to all the negative, like toxic things that could appear in a workplace because you're like, oh, I feel like I should be here because it's like what I've dreamed of. Whereas it's easier to leave or something if you're like, no, this is like not healthy for me to be in here. So now many workers are refocusing their careers onto time and energy other than is my nine to five fulfilling my whole passion in life. So it's more like, can I get my time back to do something else or energy? Like, is this worth it? Yeah. I think too, I mean, COVID aside, which obviously made everyone kind of reevaluate their time and where they spent it. Obviously, this was a concept I talked a lot about in Power Moves. And one of the things the research I was looking at was telling me about the danger of dream jobs, right? And, And this myth that doesn't exist. And the danger is that when you're pursuing something that doesn't exist, it's like the finish line is constantly moving on you and you're never fulfilled, right? So even though the one thing you're looking for is fulfillment, you never get it. And one of the things that was happening is that when people imagine the dream job, to your point, Aaliyah, they don't imagine the realities, right? So when you dream up your fulfilling job, you imagine it giving you like a social life and, you know, an engaged boss and challenging projects, but not projects where you get tons of criticism. And that skews the reality from real life, which is like commutes are not fun. Bosses have bad days too. Maybe you're one coworker and you just like can't communicate very well. And so you don't actually prepare yourself either for this quote unquote dream job to require work. And then there was also another thing that I thought was interesting. So a study in 2017, researchers at Stanford University found the myth of the dream job is closely aligned with the myth that human beings have quote unquote fixed passions and that once we find our passion and apply it to work, we will be fulfilled. And the philosophy suggests that at a certain point, we we stop developing areas of interest and that we won't need to expand and grow. This can just be really stifling and limiting to signify an, an end game when many of us have just gotten started or... I would assume Mm -hmm. most of us want to continue learning and evolving. Also, I find that this is like a new way of thinking. Like it wasn't always like this where your job Mm -hmm. had to fulfill and check every box of your life. You can see this also even in job descriptions. Again, pre-COVID, something like, uh, I remember someone telling me about a big company they work for. They're like, they have every type of milk for coffee. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, but that's meaningless. (laughs) Like that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's supposed to like fill into the dream. And the reason they have every type of milk is because they never want mm-hmm. you to leave, which is also like another whole toxic situation. But yeah, I, I think to your point, the the Instagramification of like, this is my perfect job, like everything's great. And it's like, that's never going to be true. So that's a crazy expectation. Well, let's talk about that because we're about to share four arguments why the good enough job is great and why you should be setting your sights on that and 
take the pressure off yourself to have those quote unquote dream jobs. So we'll cover that next. I want to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, HelloFresh. The holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh helps keep things simple with recipes and ingredients that cut out grocery shopping and limit meal prep time so you can spend more of the festive season with friends and family. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. They offer 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. I tried HelloFresh's veggie meal plan and it was so easy, convenient, and most importantly, delicious. I got the satisfaction of cooking a nice meal at home without the hassle of a stressful grocery trip. The recipes were so easy to follow and quick to make with steps and pictures to guide me along the way, especially because I am not a natural cook, so I really needed it and it was super simple. And something I personally love about HelloFresh is that they are committed to sustainability. HelloFresh is the first carbon-neutral meal kit, offsetting 100% of carbon emissions. Plus, by skipping the grocery stores, I reduce my food waste by at least 25%. If you're interested in having tasty food delivered to your home, we have a special offer for Career Contessa listeners. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Contessa14 and use that code Contessa14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Contessa, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A 14 and use the code Contessa14 for up to 14 free meals and three gifts. I know you're going to love it. All right, now let's get back to the show. Our first argument is that the good enough job gives you time to focus on what you're really passionate about. So our passions don't have to be professional. So I think this gives people room to be like, oh, I really enjoy this thing. I really enjoy tennis and that's my passion, but I am not a professional tennis player and like will never be that. So it's like, oh, I do. If I have a job that allows me to go follow something I'm passionate or like practice or get better and just play or something, that is like validation for the good enough job because that like helps you so much, just like your mental, physical health, for example. So it allows you to like actually live a more purposeful life. It's like your passions actually get to be passions and hobbies and not jobs, which is actually, I think, what it was intended to be. And we all got hung up on, you know, passion for profit Mm -hmm. or make your passion your, you know, your your side hustle or whatever the saying is. Mm -hmm. You know, we're for our book club, we're reading Essentialism. And he talks a lot. And if you guys haven't read that book, it's great. We should do a whole episode just on essentialism. But he talks about how play is such an important part of becoming this essentialist, which is being able to, you know, it's basically the art of doing better with less or, you know, focusing on less things. But I have felt like play is just not really part of people's vocabulary anymore because they use the word passion. But passion started to become more of a work term. Or I've always thought of passion as more of a work term too. So that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, even more of a reason for the good enough job is 
Like it would be nice to have a hobby. <laughs> I feel like this is where this is like like multitasking on like a, a crazy level where it's you know I'm going to work I might as well be passionate about it but it inevitably is going to drip away or it's going to take off this facade of something you love and it's I mean not not all the time boss this sounds really dim and gloom not all the time but like it, it has the potential to do that where where you're going to see behind the curtains and be like wow this thing that I used to be so passionate about like now I'm seeing the inner workings of it and um maybe maybe I should have kept that in a more like sacred place it's funny I can think of like a recent event that really sums this up where you know how that like viral Bernie Sanders photo at the inauguration with his mittens and like so everyone inundated this woman who made the mittens in Vermont and she had like so many emails she was saying and her response to it was like look, the mittens thing was just like a thing I did a while ago. I don't really do that anymore. Like I'm a mom and I have a job. So I just like kind of do that. And um, yeah, I haven't done the mittens thing in a while. So I'm probably not going like, <laughs> to stop giving me orders. Like she was really nice and stuff. But like that really is such an example of like, yeah, at that time I was into it. And, and that's like also kind of Kayleen to your point, like this isn't meant to say that everything is like, you should just go to your job and not have any happiness and that's it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, even if you do naturally like you like knitting and it becomes a small like side hustle or something, like that's fine. But it also allows you to just like, oh, I am not interested in like continuing this business or whatever, like little side mm-hmm. hustle. And it's fine to drop it. Like it's okay to make something you're passionate about like profit, I guess. But just limiting those expectations of like, I don't need this to be like a hit and my main income mm-hmm. or something could just be like, a nice little thing that I do. Like or a fixed passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a great example of this mittens woman who was like, yeah, yeah. I don't do that anymore, but I tried. <laughs> people always ask me, and they're like, how do people find their passion at work? Like, you know, when I'm getting interviewed for something and I always let them know, like, I don't think you should focus on figuring out what you're passionate about and then pursuing that for work. Maybe think about what you're good at. Mm-hmm. I often find that if you if you feel good about what you're doing, you like know you're good at your job and you get success in that, like, well, one, it doesn't have to be passionate, but you'll you'll enjoy what you're doing because part of it is like you're working within like a strength, right? You're working within this thing that you know, you've got some confidence, you know, you can expand the skill set. And so I always tell people, I'm like, take the pressure off yourself trying to answer that one elusive question. Because I remember I was desperate to answer that question. I thought if I could answer that question, everything else would fall into place. And all I can tell you is like one plus one doesn't equal two. Like you, you just because you're able to answer that, it doesn't mean that you'll be able to then get the job that does all that. So, so I just I just remember having this like almost like desperation around trying to figure out if I could if I could answer what I'm passionate about, then it would fix all my career woes, and it just doesn't. But once I had a job that I was really good at, that actually was the thing that really helped in a lot of the quote unquote career woes. Mm-hmm. Our second argument is that the good enough job will take your career out of tunnel vision. So when you broaden the definition of what your ideal job is, you're going to be able to explore more options and more work opportunities. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I basically think anytime you take just one variable and say, my dream job looks like this, you're automatically eliminating so many possibilities that that could be really great options for you because you're just like laser focused mm-hmm. on this one thing that you don't, a lot of people just don't even know what they want. And I think that ends up becoming true for them when they get it. And then they're like, huh, I'm here and I don't, I don't know. Did any of you see that movie Soul, the Pixar movie? Um, I haven't yet. 
I want to. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but there's there's something about that. It's about kind of like passion, and once you get it, and you're thinking you're like driven towards this one thing your whole life, and then you get there, and you're like, wait, such such a Pixar move to be like, what? <laughs> what? Why am I? I? This doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel, and that's. Oh, so good. Have you seen this meme about Pixar movies in general where it's like, you know, back in the day, it was about <laughs> being kind to other people. Now it's like life lessons in their movies or something. <laughs> it's like, this is like clearly like a new Pixar movie. This is not like The Lion King. No, you know they what are I mean? not um, for children either. They are fully for adults. <laughs> like your kid will, it'll be like the reverse where your kid will be asleep in the theater if we ever go to a theater again, but your kid will be asleep and you'll just be like laser fucking <laughs> screaming like, oh my God. Yeah, just reconsidering your life choices. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The other thing I was going to say about this is I have an example of someone in my life where they went to school for public health. They knew they wanted to work in public health. They tried desperately. Like they did all the internships. They were like, this is the job for me. I'm super passionate about it. If, it, if I don't do this, then like nothing, you know, that's my life's mission. And they don't work in public health. They work in a completely different field. They work in property management and they're good at it and they absolutely love it. And the public health stuff is something that they like have a huge interest in. They read about it. They'll like, if you want to talk to them about it, it's it's like this, you know, it's, it's the thing they kind of do on the side as, as sort of their interest, but not related to their job. And I think that's so interesting because the tunnel vision was what was keeping the person stuck in this like job rut and this career identity rut and feeling truly like kind of bad about themselves. But once they expanded and they were like, oh, I'll try something different that uses, you know, quote unquote, transferable skills it's been a great fit. And so I think that's also the danger with tunnel vision to your point is that you limit your opportunities. You limit yourself from even applying or thinking about other things. And that could keep you years or or months from getting into a job that actually ends up being a good fit and like getting started with that. You know what I mean? Like just the the delay in in getting that career moving. Okay, so our third argument is that the good enough job takes the pressure off. Do you actually want that fancy job title or office or do you feel like you need it to show off to others? A job title is not your identity. When you let go of unrealistic standards for yourself, you remove a lot of negative Mm -hmm. self-talk. This argument should be the only argument you need personally to start to um, shift your mindset and your expectations for a good enough job versus a dream job. But Mm -hmm. we put four in here just to (laughs) overly convince you. But I think about this a lot. Like um, there's research also that proves that millennials care more about a job title than uh, their salary, right? And like, that's for me, the proof that shows that things have gotten off track, you know? Mm -hmm. I've used this example before on the podcast, but Kids Baking Championship, (laughs) all the kids that go on that show, this amazing show, are on a show about baking. They're supposed to be the best bakers in the world. Every time they intro every kid, none of them identify as baking as their number one. They're like, but I, what I really like to do is play soccer. And that's my identity. So I feel like yeah. I should make a theory based on this like kids <laughs> mentality <laughs> of like associating your identity with just something that you actually value. And it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, my whole identity is I'm a copywriter. Because that's not true. Like that doesn't perfectly encapsulate your identity. I would also challenge people who are listening to this who are like, I really like my job though. Mm -hmm. You know, 
to say, look, this isn't just for people who are struggling to figure out how they can embrace this new mindset. I would also argue that if you love your job and you know, you might describe it as a quote unquote dream job, one of the ways that you can participate in this acceptance or this moving toward you know, good enough jobs versus dream jobs is stop asking everybody question number two, what do you do for a living? And like making the whole conversation defined by what they do. I I know with COVID, maybe you're not going to ask them what's the last trip you took, but like ask them something else. Like, what do you do for fun? You know, what's always funny is like when you hear people on like a podcast or something get asked, like, what do you do for fun? And they struggle to answer the question, but they they can answer their elevator pitch perfectly about what they do for a living. So I think us as a society, one of the things that we can do to participate in this change is to check ourselves and see, are we deciding someone is worthy of my time because of their job title? Or am I going to ask somebody what they do for a living right away and make the whole conversation around their work? Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. I feel like just asking like, have you read anything interesting lately or watched anything? Mm -hmm. Or like just to get into a conversation of like, of interests rather than job titles. I actually do love my job and and I love what I do. But if someone asked me that question, I'm like, like, I do not want to do this. Mm -hmm. Why do we do this? I actually like the the French, like you cannot ask that question to them. It's like considered, and I think like probably many cultures, but it's considered like super rude and actually super American for that to be one of your (laughs) opening questions. Mm -hmm. Well, and I do think that depending on people's reaction, it can lead to negative Mm self-talk about yourself, right? So if someone doesn't react impressed enough with my job title or impressed enough with whatever my answer was to that, it can lead me to be feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough. And it has, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why am I taking on that person's feelings about not understanding what I do mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden turning myself inside out to make sure that I have something more impressive. And not only is this a bad spiral, but it just leads to you basically beating yourself up to try to like make yourself mm-hmm. better, but for who, for yeah. what, right? And so it's because these elusive, again, these elusive dream jobs, not only do they not exist, but you're chasing this thing to fulfill you and the finish line is constantly moving on you. So what you're trying to get, you you literally can't mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. I think it's kind of like if you paint or something and then someone asks what you do, you're like, oh, I paint, but I'm not like a real painter or like whatever. It's like, well, what is that even? It's just like these <laughs> nebulous ideas that change all the time, like standards that aren't set at all. Okay. So our fourth and final argument for the good enough job is that it gives you clarity. So you are able to see your workplace as a place that provides you with a living. And it's easier to say no to things or call out inequities or even leave if you need to, because your worth is not attached to your job. So it basically gives you that clarity to look at your workplace. Like, am I getting the things I need to get from this job? Like, I don't know, salary or whatever, like whatever your expectations or priorities are. And that way, if you decide to leave or to speak up or advocate for someone, you don't feel like, well, I need this job though, because then if I don't have it, then I lose X, Y, Z. Like I lose the job title or like my parents are 
going to like this or like just whatever like external pressures you have. Basically anything we spoke about earlier, it won't be on you. It'll just be like, oh, I can say no and that's fine. I'll find something else. Yeah, because these quote unquote dream jobs that are aligned with your passion, oftentimes they're asking you to stretch your boundaries, work maybe more than 40 hours a week, basically do a bunch of stuff that you lose sight of. Like basically you, you say, it's okay that I don't have any boundaries or it's okay that this thing, you know, there isn't equity in this workplace because I'm doing something that I'm passionate about and it's fulfilling or it has this fancy job title and you aren't able to separate you from work, it all blends together. And I think that becomes really dangerous because you have, I mean, toxic workplaces is probably one of the most popular topics that we see come across at Career Contessa, which proves to me that people are starting to kind of connect the dots and recognize like, oh, my work is my life, but work kind of knows that too. And they're kind of Mm -hmm. taking advantage of that. And I think it can be a big challenge for people to start to separate those two things. Yeah. I think also like if you identify as BIPOC and you are in in your dream job, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, but you're like, why do I feel horrible going into my office, even though I love digital illustration and I'm doing it full time. And also my company is horrible. Like you feel like this guilt of like, well, I'm supposed to make it work. Like I'm in this position to do this job and I actually really like the work I'm doing. But whenever you see like a systemic problem, like that's not on you to fix. So it gives you like this clarity of like, you don't have to Mm -hmm. stay there just to like hold on to it because like, oh, I got to this point. It's more of just like, yeah, there, you can see that like, this is not on you. (laughs) Like this is bigger problems that other people need to fix and address. So that's what we speak about when we're like feeling comfortable to call inequities and associating your worth with that job specifically. Because there's always other companies or whatever that you can I had an experience like this where I worked with someone who kind of got like their big break. This company gave them their break, right? Like they worked in something totally different. They hired them, they gave them their shot. And then what happened is they were really struggling at a certain point to get promotions and get moved up and get essentially like the respect they totally deserved. And I think there was like this weird dynamic that was happening where like she didn't want to ask for more because she felt like they had given her this shot and like she was indebted to them. And again, she really loved her job. So she was on the other side of this where like, she was like, I do love my job. And this this was that quote unquote dream job I was working toward for so long. And so I don't want to speak up and rock the boat. And so it goes both ways where like, I don't know if the company was like consciously doing that or they it was just sort of an unconscious thing that happens when you know, as the employer, like, hey, we did give this person a shot, but some like the clarity around recognizing, like, I'm good at what I do and I'm totally the market value or the value or the skill set I bring to this company is well worth, like, who cares that you didn't have the quote unquote experience before you're doing the job now and you're doing a great job and you should, you deserve to, you know, be promoted and moved up and all that kind of stuff. And so I really do think that, um, the clarity of it not feeling like you're indebted to them is is really important too. So hopefully this hasn't been a totally depressing episode. The goal of this episode is to definitely help everyone understand that we can start to ditch this attachment to the dream job. And actually that's going to be a really good thing. And maybe we can all work toward the good enough job. So let's recap the four reasons why the good enough job is more than quote unquote good enough. All right, so argument number one, it gives you more time to focus on real passions. Argument number two, it takes your career out of tunnel vision. Argument number three, it takes the pressure off. 
And argument number four, it gives you clarity. Thank you for listening to this recycled episode of the Career Contessa podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and rate our show. We absolutely love hearing from you all. If you're in the process of figuring out what steps you should take next in your career, check out our free downloadable worksheet. It's called Figure Out Your Next Career Move. This guide will help you think in terms of goals and strategic growth, not paychecks and jobs. We'll link to it in the show notes.